Hello, and welcome to the Heathen's Journey podcast. I'm your host, Siri Vincent Clough, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the show where I explore heathenry through a queer lens. We will be talking about traditional witchcraft, runes, folklore, and so much more. Join us, won't you, as we journey to the ends of the Nine Realms and back. Hello, and welcome back to the Heathen's Journey podcast. So, this is kind of an extemporaneous episode. I don't have too much planned, um, just because, honestly, with everything going on with Yule and various holidays and planning for the new year, I'm a little bit tired. (laughs) So, I'm just gonna kind of talk to you uh, mano a mano. That was weird. I'm sorry. My Latin is non-existent. Anyway, um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna talk to you one-on-one in your earbuds today, and just talk about some kind of like year-ahead planning rituals that I do. So first off, I want to say that I have no expectations for 2021. I know that um, it's going to be different than 2020 was. I don't know how that will be yet, and I'm trying not to scare the proverbial year ahead by saying very silly things like, this will be our year, things will be better now, because I honestly don't think that's true. I think that we're just going to be dealing with different stuff. Shit still smells, deal with it. Um, But I do think that, you know, this kind of week between Yule and New Year's Day is an important time to, you know, sort of reflect on the year that has been and the year that will be. I have not really talked about this, but I am a bullet journaler. I love um, kind of creating templates for my month ahead. I love creating art that then I see every day in my journal. Um, and it really helps me stay, you know, like in, in the zone as it were. Um, and I also just really enjoy, you know, tarot and all of these different tools that we can use to help plan our year. I'm a Virgo rising. It's no surprise that I like planning. Um, but I think one thing that I'm trying to learn and trying to internalize right now is the idea that our our minds and ourselves, our very beings, are not productivity machines. We are not here just for the sake of um, producing new things. I love writing and creating content and working on this podcast. There are things that I absolutely adore. And also, I think it's, you know, important to kind of make space for rest and for family and for friends. And December has really been kind of an exercise in attempting to do that for me. Um, just because I've had a lot going on personally, but also I've, you know, had some chronic illness flare-ups and stuff like that. Um, so it's important to find a balance. And I think that connecting with our old ways, our ancestral ways, our ancestral ways of keeping time, um, is very helpful for that. 
Uh, I think that, you know, in my last conversation with Kari about the two Yule months and how do we kind of navigate this ancestral calendar that we don't really know all that well, I was really um, struck by and have continued to be struck by in my work with her and with other others in the Nordic um, Nordic path that, you know, everything is cyclical and the Gregorian calendar time itself is very ambiguous. Um, there are so many different ways of looking at time. And so looking at time from a, you know, old school perspective, you know, instead of writing a planner that would be for the months, um, the Gregorian months, um, you could write one for the, the moon cycles um, instead of working with things in just like a very linear fashion, we can continually look back, look forward, and stay present. Um, but I do still find that there is some kind of spiritual side of myself that um, really loves planning for the year ahead. There is a spiritual side of myself that um, I feel, you know, that this liminal space between you know, whatever December holidays you celebrate and the um, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, I really do find that, um, you know, this is a, a sacred time for me. Um, and it's that kind of consciousness that I wanted to just kind of talk about briefly today on the podcast. So this year I did something a little bit different in my year ahead readings. Of course, I'm still offering year ahead readings. Um, but I've really changed the format. So there are a couple of reasons for that. First of all, um, the runes, Old Norse, actually doesn't have a future tense. So attempting to use the runes to me as a predictive force doesn't really make a whole lot of sense the more that I immerse myself in their world and the more that I work with them. And in the past, I'd always done, you know, year ahead readings as like a, a rune cast on the cloth, and then 12 cards, uh, 12 tarot cards. So I just did away with the runes portion of the year ahead readings this year, and I feel really, really good about that. Instead, you know, I work with the client that I'm seeing. I talk about our numerological card of the year, which is the Hierophant, which I can talk about a little bit later in this episode. And then I also pull their personal card of the year. So the way that this works is numerologically, you, you know, add up all of the digits in the year. So in our case, two plus two plus one equals five equals the Hierophant. Um, and if you are doing it for someone's uh, personal, you know, their birthday or they're um, looking for, at somebody's personal card of the year, you add up the day and the month of their birthday plus the digits of the year. And if it's over 22, you just reduce it down further. Um, so I start out by talking about that. And then I actually pull an archetype card. So the archetype is um, a figure. Um, it's from Kim Kranz's Archetypes Oracle deck, which I absolutely adore. Um, and then kind of go in on like what that archetype could mean for their year ahead and just kind of instruct them to, you know, think about that archetype and journal about it. 
And then we go into the months and the months are really just like, okay, what we, it's a conversation. It's, you know, what do you have planned? What are you already planning on doing in the year ahead? And then, you know, what is the tarot energy? What makes sense for you in the year ahead? So, um, the first several months of the year tend to be a bit more fleshed out just because people know more what's going on. And then I tend to draw, you know, like one or two cards maximum towards the end of the year, just because, you know, we don't know what that energy is going to be. And that's been really lovely. I think that it's been really supportive for all the clients that I've worked with. Um, and I'm, you know, I give them a, a workbook that also includes journal prompts that they can do. Um, for their own yearly and annual planning. And then I also tell people to go back and pull, you know, cards for your month. Um, every month, you know, read your notes from our year ahead reading and then pull cards for yourself. And yeah, that has just been a really supportive thing to do right now. Um, if you're still interested in a reading with me and a, a plan your year reading. I am only booking them through January 17th. So um, go on over to my page on Acuity and you can book with me. Um, I'll leave a link in the show notes for sure this time. I think I forgot last time. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, so that's how I've been working with it. Another thing that you can do is use one major arcana card. Um, the major arcana is sort of like the, the big amazing, beautiful, like cosmic energy. And then the minor arcana is like, what do we do with that energy? What is the instruction? Um, that's another really great way of doing a year ahead reading. Um, so if you're curious yourself, you can definitely do that. And there are other forms of divination at this time that are very um, well aspected and traditional. Within Nordic uh, root folk culture, um, you know, obviously, like, runes are important, though they are not typically used for foretelling the future. Um, but as we talked about in our last, uh, in, in our interview, not our last episode, but in our interview with Johannes uh, Gordbeck, who wrote Troll Dome, um, he talked about the Orsgong, which is um, the kind of uh, seer's walk. That you take once a year. And so this is basically a time that you set aside, you know, maybe you don't, you know, listen to music or anything while you're going for a walk. And anything that you notice or anything that happens on that walk is a sign of something to come in the year ahead. So, you know, some examples of this might be like, if you run into somebody like, um, and they're coughing, you know, really hard, um, then illness might be in your future. Or if you run into um, kind of three maidens, you know, there's a lot of folklore around running into people on the oars gong and what that can mean. Um, so I actually have never performed uh, that annual walk. Um, I'm hoping to do it, you know, at some point this, uh, this week. Um, just you know, kind of experiment with it, see, um, see what comes up. Uh, but I need to review some of the, the work, um, the, the 
writing in uh, Troll Dome about the Aura's Gong and also probably re-listened to that um, interview that I did with Johannes earlier in the year um, before I performed that, um, that walk. So unfortunately, I don't have very much practical experience to share with you in this way. Um, but I do think that it's interesting, you know, um, tarot and runes are certainly not the only forms of divination, um, and some of the most powerful divination that I think is done at this time of year is, uh, just spa or, um, you know, seeing, seership, um, or dream work. Um, so pay attention to your dreams, pay attention to, kind of all of those things that are more clear in this dark, liminal time of the year. I think that's really, um, really useful, really helpful. So finally, I just want to talk a little bit about runes and time, because as I said, and I keep repeating myself, um, the runes uh, are not great um, with future tense issues, um, primarily because there is no future tense in Old Norse, so I tend not to use the runes in those cases. But there are runes that govern time, and I think that those are interesting to talk about right now because there's a bit of debate between um, runes scholars about when they fall in the year. So um, Yera and Dagas are kind of on the opposite ends of the runic calendar year. And um, Yera represents the year, and Dagas represents day. And so my teacher puts Yera um, at midwinter and Dagas at midsummer. I actually learned the opposite way. Um, and I think that either is valid, although I think there's probably just a slight more... Um, Evidence for Dagas to be um, in June uh, and Yera to be at the end of the year. Um, so Yera typically represents the year, but it also represents harvest and represents gifts. It can represent, you know, kind of looking back over all that you have harvested in the last year. Um, right up into Yule is when all of the sacrifices and the, um, the seasonal... Uh, seasonal alignment and seasonal um, harvest would be happening. You know, the three major harvests happening in the fall, leading into the winter, and then Yule is like that big feast season. So Yera makes a lot of sense at this time. It also, of course, is, you know, the turning over of the year and the rune itself kind of looks like a, um, it looks like a, like a cog in a wheel um, turning as well. I like to think of Dagas um, at this time of year as well. I kind of swap them out in my mind mentally. Um, and Dagas representing day kind of represents the hope that day will return to me. Um, so it represents the hope that, you know, we will have um, longer days ahead of us, even though the day is short now. It's sort of this triumph of the sun in a way, which we also see in, you know, Santa Lucia, which we also see in, um, you know, solar festivals um, at this time of year. And then Yera uh, for, so let's talk about the midsummer holiday as well. So these are the two different axes, axes of a year a wheel of the year. 
Um, so then midsummer, of course, Daga's day, shining, sunlight. Uh, midsummer is when the day was strongest. Um, and you know, you were maybe planning for your harvest. Um, you were perhaps looking forward to a time when you, you know, were going to be doing a lot of hard work and maybe taking a bit of a break around midsummer. Um, and I also think of Yera at midsummer because it's again, that looking forward to harvest. So, um, if you think about it, if Dagas is midwinter, then it's, you know, looking forward to the lengthening of the days. And if Yera is midsummer, then it's looking forward toward harvest. Um, however, I think that both runes apply in both parts of the year. So this is a lot of personal gnosis on my part. Um, you know, I don't necessarily have... Uh, a ton of research to share with you today. This is just a very casual, I'm just sort of talking into my microphone um, today. But I do think that, um, you know, this is a very interesting time of year to be contemplating these things. So my invitation for you this year is to don't think about your yearly goals in terms of money, capitalism, production. You know, this time of year, maybe think about how do I want to feel in the year ahead? You know, how do I want to feel? Do I want to feel capable? Do I want to feel loved and loving? Do I want to feel strong? And then think about what you will need to feel those things. This is kind of looking at how we want to feel, um, in the present, and then kind of planning around that. If in order to feel strong, you need to take breaks and you need to rest, then guess what you're going to do? You're going to plan out some good rest for yourself this year. If you need to feel capable, um, this could mean, you know, tackling some projects that feel really good for you early in the year and sort of building the skills necessary to do what you want to do towards the end of the year. There are a lot of different options for you here. Um, yeah, just think about it. Try not to think about it in terms of production. I often tell people, you know, like, um, there's, you know, your job, which is work. And then there's the work, capital W work that you need to do in the world. And your capital W work could be being a good partner. It could be being a badass parent or a teacher or, you know, a spiritual leader. Um, and a lot of those don't necessarily mean payment um, or that you are paid for this capital W work. Of course, get paid if you can get paid um, for what you do. I think that that's really important. However, I think it's also important that we start to kind of like bust our goals, ideas of like a life's purpose, ideas of the work that we're supposed to do in the world outside of this capitalist structure of jobs and payment and money and acquiring things, right? You know, we're not necessarily here for all of that. We don't need that. Um, so my goals in the coming year um, will be to continue growing this podcast. Um, 
I am also working on a very exciting tarot project um, that I'll tell you a little bit more about later. Um, and I just want to continue to work with students and make that my, you know, student teacher relationship be the best that it can be. I'm also kind of dedicating myself to certain, um, educational programs. So being a student, um, in my own right and continuing to deepen my own practice and learning so that, you know, I don't know, it's studentship and being a student is also a very important thing to me. Learning. There we go. Studentship. I don't know. Like the title of student doesn't mean anything, but like learning is really important to me. So I want to continue doing that in the year ahead. Um, so I've been talking about tarot a lot more than I normally do in this, uh, this episode. Um, and that's because I've got tarot on the brain. I am starting a very exciting tarot project that is semi-secret. Um, and in order to do this semi-secret tarot project, I'm actually doing my own deep dive into the tarot over the course of the year. Um, so several years ago, 2017, when I was first getting started as a professional tarot reader, I took Jeff Hinshaw's Brooklyn Fool's tarot course. And that course is kind of structured around, um, you know, we would meet and each time that we would meet, our session would be dedicated to one of the major arcana. Um, so, you know, starting with the fool and then with the high priestess and then, you know, progressing, moving forward. Um, so I'm actually planning on revisiting that this year. I want to do my own kind of guided fool's journey. Um, I want to return to embodying the tarot. As a part of the class, we would, you know, meditate. There was a meditation each night, and there we would also build tarot altars. Um, so I plan on doing that again, um, this time on my own. And um, this time I think I'll extend it to be, you know, like building altars to the major arcana and kind of embodying that energy over the course of a week or two weeks, and then um, moving into my work uh, with the courts, so the court cards. So um, yeah, so that's kind of my my plan. And so you'll probably see a little bit more about tarot from me on Instagram. Um, I'll be posting photos of my altars there in the new year. But if you want a tarot meditation, or if you want to follow along on this fool's journey, this heathen's fool's journey, I guess. Um, I highly recommend that you sign up for my Patreon where I will be posting kind of like uh, monthly tarot prompts um, for you to get to know the tarot as well. Um, I also have a hefty stack of books that I am hoping to get through um, this year as part of my research. Um, so yeah, please join me. Um, my Patreon is patreon.com slash Northern Lights Witch. You will also get dark moon and full moon ritual guides, you know, tarot or rune scopes whenever the uh, zodiacal season changes over um, and a whole lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, I hope to see you around there. And I hope that you are all staying safe. I hope that you are staying healthy, and I hope to work with you again in the coming year. All right, bye-bye.
And that is it for today's episode of the Heathen's Journey podcast. A huge thank you and shout out to all of my students and patrons for making this work available. If you want to become a patron and support the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash northern lights witch. I post full moon and new moon ritual guides, rune readings for each of the turning of the zodiac season, and so much more. If you would like to follow me in between episodes, you can find me on Instagram at northern.lights.witch or on Twitter at northlightwitch. Until next time, stay weird.